Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. This is the story of Mia O'Connell. She was a four-month-old baby. And she was mauled to death by a family pet as she slept in her cot. Just a desperate, desperate tragedy. It happened in Waterford in 2021. And her inquest took place yesterday. Uh, desperately, desperately sad story. Tragic, tragic story. And we have, courtesy of Virgin Media News, uh, Paul Burns' report on that inquest yesterday. Baby Mia's father, Reese, and his partner, Ella, who was too upset to attend court today, were ecstatic when their daughter was born. Today, however, he and relatives had to listen to graphic evidence how the rescue dog, who the court was told belonged to someone else and who was staying at the house at the time, killed baby Mia. It's unbearable. The pain is unbearable. Um, I don't think it'll ever go away. Um, Our hearts are broken forever. We'll never get her back. Um, it's just, sorry, it's just, it's like a nightmare, it's still like a nightmare, you know, three months old, full of smiles, full of giggles, and she was just taken away from us so abruptly and so tragically, um, we just, we just don't know what to do. In a statement read to the court, Mia's mother said she didn't like or trust the dog who tried to snap at Mia on the day she arrived home from Waterford Regional Hospital where she had been born. The court heard how on the 6th of June 2021, baby Mia was placed in a Moses basket and settled down for the night quite well. A few hours later, Mia's aunt went to check on her niece but let out a huge scream when she found the infant lying on the floor. Mia's mother then ran up the stairs to find blood on her daughter's face as well as clothing. The dog was on the landing, covered in blood. It was disgusting, the court was told. A post-mortem found little Mia died from traumatic brain injury, but felt no pain, as she would have lapsed into unconsciousness very quickly. I don't think I've said goodbye to her yet, really, to be honest. (laughs) I haven't let her go yet, and I don't think I ever will. No. But she's here with us. She'll always be here with us in our hearts, and that's what we'll hold on to, was her memory. The terrier-type rescue dog was put to sleep within hours of mauling baby Mia. I think it's best to just be very, very vigilant and be very, very, very careful to everyone out there because you just don't know what's going to happen. You never expect this to happen, but unfortunately it happened to us. Coroner Philip Common said Mia's death was a terrible tragedy, but we must all remember at the end of the day, a dog is an animal who can attack anyone at any time. 
Thank you, Paul. That's a report from Paul Bourne, uh, courtesy of Virgin Media News. We were speaking last night to Mia's devastated auntie, Heidi. I spoke to her off-air last night. Uh, the family are incredibly upset uh, following the inquest, as you'd appreciate. She may speak with us over the coming days. Uh, they're also very keen to campaign for stricter rules around the rehoming of dogs. The dog was a dashund terrier cross. It wasn't one of these so-called dangerous breeds or anything like that. It was a little cross terrier, little sausage dog cross called Red and was just rehomed, privately rehomed. And the coroner, I'm reading from Own English's report in The Examiner, the coroner says he has two dogs himself. He fully appreciates the wonderful sense of companionship that they give, but he said he hopes that lessons can be learned from this. He urged people to research the behaviour of any dog that they rescue and bring into their home. He said at the end of the day, dogs are still animals and can be unpredictable. This is especially so when a dog's position in the family home is displaced by the arrival of a newcomer. In this case, baby Mia. 0818969696. It is something that, look, that the amount of time we talk and spend talking about dogs on this program and everybody knows how I feel about my dogs and how everybody loves their dog. But the one thing you never do the one thing you're told never to do or is never leave a dog alone with a child. Now, clearly, clearly this... Oh, man alive. Man alive, you just can't even get it into your head or get your head around what that family are going through. As I said, I think with Emer was speaking to Heidi last night and we may speak with her in the coming days once the trauma of the... Uh, inquest is is maybe over them a little because they want to talk about rules for the rehoming of dogs. Joined on the line by Vincent Cashman from the CSPCA, just in the wake of and the of that horrific tragedy, Vincent, that that befell the O'Connell family. It's every family's worst nightmare, isn't it? That a jealous a jealous dog will turn because that would seem to have happened here. A jealous dog will turn on a small baby. Morning. Good morning, PJ. Um, unfortunately, in this case, yes. Um, it's it's very, very tragic. Um, our, our thoughts and prayers uh, go to the family. Um, it's a very, very difficult time, especially with the inquest to go back over. You're, 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 re, um, you're raking over all calls again on it. Yeah. Um, but it, 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 look, it, it highlights, particularly in the last couple of weeks, that people need to start taking dog ownership and... Everything in relation to, uh, to to owning a pet dog, seriously. Yeah. We're always being told, Vincent, to, you know, adopt, don't shop. Uh, yes. This was a rescue dog. Yes. Um, it, it was a rescue dog, PJ, but any dog, regardless of its um, breeding, regardless of where it's come from, could do this. The fact that it's a rescue dog, unless there was prior history with the dog. Mm-hmm. That would mean make no like we, we we would be we would be offered dogs here from from the the public we'd say for surrender or we pick them up as strays if if we if we take in a uh, surrender here we ask the person look why are you getting rid of the dog and the vast majority of people are very honest with you right they'll say look they they haven't got the time or whatever and unfortunately some dogs will bite people 
Yeah. And they have a history of biting and families maybe at their their they've they've tried this and they've tried that to overcome it. And realistically, if the, if the dog is biting one family, and we'd say to them, look, if you're surrendering the dog to us because it's biting people, mm. if you put that down on an adoption form, on a form here for us, a surrender form, or the dog is this, the dog is that, but the dog has done this, would you actually adopt that dog yourself? And the answer would be no. Mm. Nobody is willing or, you know, in the full knowledge would take on a dog that has bitten somebody in the past. Because if they've bitten somebody in the past, they may do it again. Is this why, Vincent, uh, vets uh, in particular have a, a pretty hard and fast rule that if a dog bites, particularly if they break the skin, that that dog must go to sleep? Is, is that is that? It's okay. Actually, PJ, some of some of the vets, and we've 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 seen it, particularly over the last six months, where people are contacting us, and we say, look, the dog has bitten this person, and the dog has bitten that person. Or there could be a, a multitude of different reasons, right? Mm. Um, and some vets are actually refusing to put the dog to sleep. Yeah. If the dog, if if the dog is an aggressive, no, but nobody wants to put an animal to sleep. It is it is an awful position to put somebody in. Yeah. Um, nobody wants to do it, but for the greater good or for you know for for protecting their own family or protecting. Um, members of the public, sometimes tough decisions have to be made. And it's it's part of being a dog owner that if, if you take on the responsibility of of taking on a dog, you take the good, the bad and the ugly. And if a decision has to be made where your dog has attacked somebody or has done a lot of damage, then that decision should be the dog owner's to make. Yeah. And it shouldn't be down to um, common sense should prevail, PJ. Yeah, I, I had to do it once, Vincent, uh, and mm. I and I know the pain, the heart pains that goes with it. An animal that you love, uh, you have to do it. You have to. And I remember my vet at the time, his man has passed away now, but I remember him saying, "We have no choice here. We have yep. no choice." There, there has to be a case of it is it is unfair to pass um, a dog. To somebody else knowing and when we get here look the dog is after biting one of my children at home i'd like to get the dog rehomed and we explained the situation to him exactly as i've said you'd have to put that down the form and would you adopt that dog yourself and the answer is always no yeah or there might be somebody their family with no kids ireland at the moment no matter where you go there they're going to be kids out there's going to be you take the dog to a park you do this you're it's going to meet people it's going to mix with other dogs it's going to it, it's too dangerous a situation to put yourself, a dog, and somebody else in. Mm. The kindest thing to do is, unfortunately, put it to sleep. I, I, I'll give you an example, PJ. We were dealing with um, a, a dog warden training event here um, about three months ago. Yeah. And the, the company came down and their dog behaviours... Um, I would take what she says as gospel. I, I've, I've worked her over the years and she, she's very, very good with dogs. And 60% of the dogs that she's working at at the moment with families, um, she has recommended to be put to sleep. It's that bad. Wow. Because breeding, yeah. the, the dogs, where, where they got them from, the breeds of dogs, the mixes of dogs. And it's during COVID, as we've said this and we've said from, from months now, Ireland is actually saturated with dogs. We're super saturated with dogs. Mm. Are we too um, many, every, Vincent? We too many. 
we have way too many. The shelters are heaving. Um, puppy breeders now as well are ending up with dogs for a lot longer than they would have thought. So if there's somebody taking on a pup, you're taking on a pup between, it, it should be between eight and ten weeks. Mm. Right? Some people during COVID got pups at five weeks, six weeks old. That's utterly... Um, uh, that dog isn't even properly weaned. Exactly. It's it's reprehensible to take it away from its mother. And then it it doesn't have the antibodies and it hasn't built up the immunity mm. to, we'll say, parvovirus now and, and yeah. um, lepto and everything else. Well, plus I would suggest, so, Vincent, that dog is not properly weaned, not properly socialised, hasn't had the inherent instinctive training from its mother into how, will be a do- how to be a dog. Exactly. And there is, years ago, now you're dealing with places that if, if if people are taking on a dog, if they want to, to get a dog, they need to seriously do their homework. Mm. We've had them here, um, people getting Argentinian Togo crosses, XL Bully crosses, uh, Malinois, uh, German, uh, uh, Belgian Malinois. These dogs are not family pets. Yes. They're simply not family pets. The, the, the likes of Belgian Malinois, which we're trying to get onto the restricted breeds list. Now, we're trying to get XL Bullies on the restricted breeds list as well because, unfortunately, some people now are crossing the, the bullies with Malinois. That sounds like so, an awful concoction of a dog, to be honest. <coughs> I'm, not, I'm, I'm not being nasty. Like, it, it, years ago, people, if they were getting a guard dog or, or, or anybody that was using a dog for guard work would use a German Shepherd. Give me a German Shepherd any day of the week. Mm-hmm. If you have a Belgian Shepherd, you're, you're dealing with a dog. It's skinnier than a German Shepherd. So you can see them, they're black and tan. Um, they're very black around the face, but it's kind of more of a tan body. And they're ferociously agile. And we've, we've had them attack people in, in Cork for, for years, but the attacks are getting more ferocious. Right. They have a bite. They have a, even if, they're, if you're walking with them, they take serious training to get mm. some of the quirks out of them. Do you and believe, Vincent, un- that there are certain breeds, and I know in that misfortunate lad up the country there before Christmas, that little lad in, in was it Wexford? Uh, yes. was it, do you think that there are certain breeds of dog that it should be against the law to own? Right. If there are some breeds out there that, that we'll say we have our restricted breeds list in Ireland, right? And realistically, if you want to keep it, the restricted breeds list hasn't been reviewed in a number of years. They're putting um, the Cane Corso now on, on the restricted breeds list, right? They're putting the Cane Corso on the restricted breeds list, but there are 20 times as, as many Belgian Malinois out there as Cane Corsos. Mm. There is 20 times as many XL bullies out there as there is Ken Corsa. Yeah, and none and actually, of those dogs. It was, it was Alejandro Michan, the little lad, the little nine year old dad. It was an XL bully that attacked him. Yes. And you see, unfortunately, some of them, we, we've met, uh, look, we deal with dogs every day of the week, but if you're, if you're dealing with the likes of um, any of the bull breeds, the vast, vast majority of them are fine. The vast majority of them are fine. But you don't know what they've been but, crossed with. But you, but you don't know what they've been crossed with. And if they do get out, um, some people would start screaming and roaring. So the, 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 the environment in which the dog has been in. So if he's in your backyard and he knows his backyard, that's his territory. And if the dog gets out onto uh, a green in front of the house, there's cars, there's extra traffic, there's extra people, there's buggies, there's extra dogs. You're throwing the dog out of his, in, of his comfort zone. I see. And then it can react. Okay. So... What we would recommend, if so, if somebody wants to come along and own a dog on the restricted breeds list, 
we are going to have to wake up in this country that if you want to own a dog that potentially can do damage, then you need to um, pay for it with your dog license. And your dog license for restricted breeds should be several hundred euros per dog. Okay. This, then this anybody who's taking them on are serious about doing it. Okay. So if you want, like in, in, in countries in Europe, if you want to own a German Shepherd, we're, we're lagging way behind Europe when it comes to licensing of dogs. Okay. Come back to the, the story at hand, Vincent, the tragedy. This little thing was only a sausage dog crossed with a terrier. Yes. So it, yes. it just goes to show, and come back to where we started this conversation, you have to be so, so careful when you're bringing a dog into your home or even a neighbor's home when you're bringing a dog in where there are going to be children, you need to be careful. You need to be careful. Some kids, you see, don't see fear as well. Now, this is only a, and, a, a tiny infant. And this, yes. So, I mean, they, they, look, it, this, this, the circumstances behind this are just, they're just awful. Um, it's, it's, you, 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 you have to make it a point of being 100% um, that your dog, that a dog, if you're anyway dodgy of them, or anyway, if there's an unknown dog to you, that it's it's one hundred percent secure, can't get out, mm. and you have to make sure of that. Yeah. Um. Look, it's it's everyone, as I said, everyone has a doctorate in hindsight. Um. But this is just this is just tragic. That's this that's is just tragic. But it goes to show the the breeding of this dog, it, it, like it was a Dachshund, uh, Dachshund or a Dachshund cross, um. They're generally speaking, they can be a little bit quirky. Uh, Daxon donors will tell you that they can be a little bit quirky, but to go to this length, to go to this extreme, would be unheard of. Yeah, 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 yeah. Des- des- desperate tragedy altogether. Um, just well, come back to pups and people getting pups. And if there's a story in the news at the moment, and I'm conscious that it's under appeal, so we can't say a whole pile, but puppy farms, Vincent, and you'll be yes. aware of the story that's going around at the moment. What's your view on yes. him? Um, basically, um, again, as I said, the, the, the country is saturated with dogs. So if you have um, um, a DB or a dog breeding establishment, um, affectionately known as puppy farms, right? If, if they're coming along and if they have bred X amount of dogs, they are now finding it extremely difficult to get rid of dogs as well. Mm. So again, you have a window, PJ. If you were going to look for a puppy, you're going to you want a puppy that's eight to maybe twelve weeks old. After that, they start to um, they're starting to develop. So they're they're starting to develop their own um, ideas and their own methods of training themselves. Right where, oh, I see. where it should be it should be human involvement. Right. So ideally, it's you you'd be looking at between eight and 12, eight to ten weeks. And and the, that's the, why the that time frame is so important, is it? Because at five weeks, they're way too young and it's cruel to take them away. And then at 12 yes. weeks, they're starting to turn into a dog rather than just a well, puppy. Well, they're, they're starting to get ideas themselves. I see. No, you, could sti- you can still get, you can still get the, um, the training into them. But if they're, we'll say, in a setting where they're not getting one-to-one, Mm. Or they're not in in a much smaller group. You like you could be dealing with in some circumstances. Uh, some of these farms have hundreds of dogs, so they're not going to get the same time, the same um, we'll say interaction that they would if the dog was at home. I see, I see. And it can it can develop it it can develop little quirks yeah. um, as they get older as well. If you're inside in the litter of puppies, they'll they'll start fighting more. You can see that in them. Um, yeah. They'll start getting a little bit more feisty, and 
then trying to get that out of them afterwards can be a little bit of a problem. Indeed. A lot of these farms, well, if they have hundreds of dollars, that it, it is a very, very expensive undertaking. Very, very expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're not, if you're not, if you're not like like any business, if you're not selling your product, it starts to back up. Yeah. And I think that's what's happening now. Okay. Vincent, lastly, I want to touch on something. I'm quite shocked to read here in front of me that you and your colleagues are starting to need body cams. What the hell? Yes. What's going okay. on? Um, basically, the way things have gone with our with our job, um, some of the circumstances that we would be going to would be, um, I would consider them dangerous, right? Um, they've had shotguns pointed at them. They've had um, threatened hurlies, stuff thrown at them. Um, even just to give you uh, um, an example, last um, Saturday morning, one of our wardens was out doing the parks and um, witnessed a guy's dog um, defecating on the footpath. Went over to him and said, look, would you mind picking that up? And he said, no, it's not my dog's at all. There was a, a little bit of a trying noise that it was. I saw your dog doing it. No, he said it wasn't my dog. And um, my colleague went over and said, look, I'll get you poo bags if you don't have poo bags. And he said to him, if you, if you come near me with the poo bags, I'm going to kick the dog feces into your face. Right? Now, these are people go out there doing their job. Mm-hmm. They're out there trying to instill. And again, now talking about dogs under control and keeping dogs, keeping dogs properly and responsibly. That is what we're trying to do. But we have gotten to the stage now where um, they're getting threats more or less on a weekly, if not a, um, a bi-weekly basis. We can't do it anymore. So now they're going to be putting body cameras on at the start. Um, if they're dealing with difficult cases, or if they know they're going into a difficult case, they will be wearing a body camera. They will be telling the person this is being recorded. They're not asking them, they're telling them it's being recorded. It's all GDPR protected. Uh, we've gone through all the, the yeah. it's encrypted and codes and all that. But unfortunately, um, I can see a situation where that in the not too distant future, it'll be like putting on their safety boots. They'll be putting on the body cameras. This, this, actually, Vincent, this is this is upsetting to hear. Bus driver. I mean, we got bus drivers and train drivers and taxi drivers and guards and paramedics. Now, dog wardens, all being sort of attacked or at least verbally assaulted as they go around their working day. You're around the block a few years, my friend. Ireland is changing and not in a good way. No, it's not. Society has changed. I think definitely since the so-called Celtic Tiger, um, an element has crept in and it's unfortunately hasn't receded. I mean, we, we there are people involved in animal welfare in Ireland that wear anti-stab vests going to a job. And they're involved in animal welfare. They're not involved in minding the crown jewels. They're not involved in um, massive security operations. They are checking on animal welfare and they have to put on an anti-stab vest to do their job. That's extraordinary. That's, that's where we are. That's extraordinary. Vincent, I thank you for your time. Grateful for it. Vincent Cashman from Cork Society, a prevention of cruelty to animals. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Kevin, morning to you. You're on the radio. Hiya PJ, good morning, how are you? What do you want to say? What do you say about? Uh, you know, I've been listening to the last gentleman actually said everything really, He's, uh, he was pretty on point. Um, yeah, look, what, um, I, I do feel that does a dog breed for, for every particular person. If you if you Google what dogs you're interested in, and you Google their traits, even if they're crossbreeds, you can Google what both their traits are, yeah. and you can be fairly certain that's going to come out in their personality, you know? Um uh, I, you know, I've, I've had quite a number of dogs myself. Um, I've always found if you have them from a pup yourself, and as the men said, if you had given up on them one time yeah. and you put it into them, they, they'll forever be loyal to you. But if you're getting it as a, a rescue dog or whatever, you you just never know. And, and that's the thing, you don't know what it's been through, you know, what's in its mind, what might set it off, mm. you know. Um, and that's, I, I, I would always just go myself with a, yeah. with a new pup. We, we, are, we are always being told now, Kevin, you know, I, 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 and you're great people tell us adopt, don't shop. But but this was a little cross. This this, and we're very mindful of the tragedy of the family. In of course, so yeah. and um, that's what triggered this conversation. But we, we go beyond it. Vincent Cashman, they're saying, and God, if, if a man knows dogs, it's Vincent Cashman knows dogs. He said, when you are rescuing, homing across. You need to be careful where that cross came from. You need to be careful of the other dog's background, why it's being rehomed. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, uh, it, it, it can be very uns- unsure about a dog. For me personally, um, before I had my child, I would have never had a problem going in to get a rescue dog. I've had friends who got them, and they are the nicest, most yeah. sweetest dogs you'll ever find. But for me, I would always say a rescue dog would be best based on maybe a single person or a couple, an elderly person, depending on the breed, of course, they want. Whereas if you're bringing a newborn or a baby into a house or a dog into a house with a baby or newborn, that's when it becomes unpredictable because the dog is, you know, not much smaller or bigger than the baby. So he, you know, I, I just find um, it's a little safer for for. for somebody without his uh, kids. Vincent uh, was making the point, like, why is the dog being rehomed? Why? Yeah. Uh, it, it, you you need to look know. into that. People mightn't be honest all the time, you know, they might kind of bluff around it a small bit. Yeah. Um, it's hard to know. It's very unfortunate. You'd be speechless after hearing the story and you're know, your heart goes out to the family, of course. Yeah, indeed it yeah. does. Indeed it does. Indeed it, it, it's, it's tragic on, on so many levels. Kevin, thank you. 0818969696. Kira, you were listening to Vincent. Morning. Hi, morning. How are you? Good. What do you like to say? So I suppose, like, what I've noticed with any of these stories, these absolute tragedies that come out, is that a lot of the time the focus is on the restricted breeds. 
there's always a mention back to them and even in this horrendous case where a restricted breed dog wasn't involved the focus is still on increase the fee of the dog license for restricted breeds restricted breeds this restricted breeds that why aren't we looking at dogs individually why why isn't there some sort of a system where we can get our dogs assessed i don't know on a six monthly annual basis to assess their temperaments Mm-hmm. You know, to see does that individual dog need to be some bit more restricted or not? Yeah. Well, I think the, the the reference to the restricted breeds in my conversation with Vincent was mm. to illustrate that while we might associate these kind of tragedies with a restricted dog, this wasn't a restricted dog, and yeah. I think that's what Vincent was making the point. It was a rescue, yeah. and it was yeah. a rescue cross, and that we need to be very cognizant when we are taking on a rescue of its background, why was it surrendered? Yeah, absolutely. And in fairness, I think to, you know, a lot of the dog rescue centres, they do put limitations in place where, you know, it needs to be children over the age of 12. That's right. um, No other dogs in the household. So, yeah, I think it's just, you know, and it goes back as well to... You know, I think, you know, he had mentioned about the dog licenses and paying higher fees to show that you're serious. I think that should be across the board. Everyone should be serious about owning a dog. I think the point he was making there, Kira, was, and I'm sure you may have heard it the same way I did. There are, there is a list. The restri- there are no banned dogs in this country. Yeah. There is a restricted list. And he was saying, look, if you want to own a dog on that restricted list or a cross of a dog on that restricted list, fine. But we must mm. up the cost of the license for that dog to several hundred euro. Yeah, but I, I just I I know I know maybe I'm a bit biased because I am a staffy owner as okay. well. Um, are they on the restricted list? Staffies are on the restricted list. Shockingly, okay. yeah. <laughs> because any staffy I've met, indeed, now, look, I, I've, I know a lot, a lot of people who have staffies and they're a wonderful <laughs> pet when they're oh properly reared. Absolutely. And of course, like when when we got our dog, we were very, very serious and we understood he was on the restricted list. Um, I failed to see why. May may I ask Kira, if I I may be so bold as to ask, why did you go for a dog that was on the restricted list in the first place? Because I feel, I suppose, I've always felt strongly about the point that I have, which is I don't think it's down solely to the breed. It's also the dog itself and their yeah. nature and I mean Staffies they're referred to as the nanny dog because they are actually known to be so good with children um, when I met him his temperament was just absolutely amazing and you know you can just have that click with a dog yeah. um, I adore him I absolutely adore him and I'm not stupid I am aware he is an animal any animal can turn on a child an adult but that's, I think that's what people need to understand. And I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not referring to Vincent or anything like that, but just in general, you would hear a lot of focus on the restricted breeds. And I think we need to look at the dogs individually. Yeah. And I think it will be great and actually a great money-making idea for the government if they're looking to bring in some extra money. Why don't we assess our dogs individually? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and then it's a case of, okay, this dog is certified that they're not restricted for the next year. And I say yearly because, again, their temperaments can change over time. And I'm aware of that. Mind so you, when you have a country, Kira, as Vincent said, which is now overrun with dogs and thousands of them not licensed and not microchipped, you're mm. probably looking at a, a pipe dream. It, it's not going to happen. Do you know what I mean? 
but any serious dog owner should. I mean, yeah. I would be the first to do it. If they brought in, if they said, we're charging you 100 euro, 150 euro to certify that your dog for the next year doesn't need to be muzzled. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't pose any extra risk um, to children or adults, you know, and he doesn't, you know, like say, he doesn't have to have any extra restrictions in comparison to a sausage dog or whatever. So we'd, we'd say, you're saying we'd get, we'd get our family mutt checked every year to see are they safe? Yeah. Mm. It's interesting. Yeah. I, I think it's a good idea and I think it will bring in money and I think anybody who's serious about, you know, safety and about their dog, they should get that, you know, they should want to ensure that, that their dog is safe. I mean, we do yearly or two yearly NPTs on our cars to make sure that they're safe That's drive true. on the road. That's true. That's true. You know, I, I think it's a good money-making idea and if the government wants to take it, work away and I'll be the first to pay for it because I would love, you know, I'd love to have that certification for my dog to prove, look, he, he is he is good and he is no more dangerous than the Labrador down the road or the sausage dog um, and I'd be happy to get that assessed yearly or however long they feel, you know, that... I need to get that done to prove that. And if it changed over time and if his temperament wasn't up to scratch, so be it. I'd accept that because, of course, we have to put the safety of children first. Kira, what a mm. great contribution to the programme. Thank you. Courts 96 FM. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.